you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there in podcast land. Oh, thank you to my beautiful listeners, especially all of you really regular listeners, the ones who reach out to me on social media, email, various platforms, really means a lot. Honestly, it does. So I'm very thankful for all of you. Just wanted to say that right here at the top. But of course, well, we can't get too sappy because we have actual basketball and football to get to including the Missouri opener tonight. But you know what? I also want to talk football, including Eli Drinkwitz case for the SEC coach of the year. And also an early look at the point spread for the Missouri Vanderbilt game. But of course, let's start off talking about the most recent news. Let's not bury the lead. Missouri won its opening basketball game tonight. The Tigers beat Oral Roberts, 91-64. to 64. They scored over 40 points in both halves. And if you look at the Ken Palm projections for the game, well, Missouri, well, it was really right about on the money when you, in terms of Oral Roberts. 80-65 to 65 was the predicted outcome. But to me, you look at Missouri's offense, That's really the encouraging part of this because, well, for years now under Conzo Martin, I think, well, certainly Blake Stark, my frequent co-host and myself have been imploring Conzo Martin and the rest of the staff to get this offense in gear. Let's get the ball up court. Let's advance the ball with the pass and let's get into our half court offense more quickly. And the good news, I think that's what we saw tonight. I think we saw the Tigers get into their offense more quickly and push the ball up court, again, with the pass, not just with the dribble. And what resulted was in a better offense than you might expect. Frankly, a really, really efficient offense. 53% from the floor, 40% from the three-point line. How good does that sound if you're a Tiger fan? And 13 of 18 from the free throw line for 72%. All that's great. And honestly, of course, the other number, if you're a Missouri fan, you want to look at in terms of offense is turnovers. Well, 17 turnovers is probably a few too many, but I got to be honest, I was surprised by that number. I was really surprised that Missouri turned it over that much because as I was watching this game, it just felt to me that we weren't playing that sloppily. It just didn't seem like Missouri was giving the ball away. And it wasn't a lot of live ball turnovers, that's for sure. And if you look at it, Xavier Pinson led the Tigers with five turnovers. One of them was a a fairly dubious carry, in my opinion. But again, a, a carrying violation. It's not like you're just giving the ball away with the pass. I don't know. I, I, I was really encouraged overall offensively with Missouri. Pinson played a really... Efficient game offensively, 7 of 12 from the floor. But really, to me, the standout had to be Mark Smith. And we saw it, if you really follow this team closely, in the preseason, 
you saw on social media Mark Smith throw down a windmill dunk, you know, in practice. And, and on its face, who cares? He dunked with nobody around. Who, who gives a crap, right? But, but Mark Smith, all we need from him is to be healthy. And if Mark Smith can be healthy, we know what kind of player he can be. He can be an excellent three-point shooter at the very least and an excellent defender at that. Well, not only does Mark Smith look healthy, he looks bouncy. And my father I attended the game with really was focused on Mark Smith's, the thickness of him, of his body, and in a good way. Not thickness like Harrison Mevis thickness. No, my God, who could who could ever be that glorious in terms of thickness? But seriously, Mark Smith looks like he's put on good weight to me. He looks like an he looks more explosive than he's ever been as an athlete. Hit four out of six from three point land tonight. Boy, if if we get the best of Mark Smith. Man, that is just a huge boost for these Missouri Tigers. I'll promise you that. But I'll tell you, I, I've done pretty well if you follow me on Tally site, all of my bets over there. I've been pretty good on the totals this year. The over-unders is another way of saying it. Well, when I said that I didn't think that actually there was going to be a 1,000 people at this game tonight, well, I think the under was golden there. There was hardly anybody at this ball game whatsoever. It was it was really weird. There was no band. There were no antlers that I could tell. Hardly any students whatsoever. Now, of course, part of this is because it's the night before Thanksgiving, mind you. Obviously, that's very true. But, of course, there's also this weird spacing on the bench down below, the benches on both teams. Weird spacing between the Golden Girls and the cheerleaders who are in the stands now. It's just all a very weird atmosphere. But you know what? What the hell? We'll get used to it. And certainly you could really hear Conzo Martin yell, Hands! 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 You could hear him yell that even more prominently than before. It was very obvious. But you know what? Conzo Martin yelled something else that I noticed during that game that I thought was even more important and noteworthy. And also, of course, I want to make my case for Eli Drinkwitz being the SEC coach of the year. But you know what? Naturally, it's time to celebrate a Tiger victory. And what way? What better way to do it than with a cold mountain brewed refreshment of Coors Light? Because you know what? I actually grabbed a couple Coors Lights at the game and w was turning toward my seats and ran into none other than Michael and Jonte Porter, believe it or not. I was like, I just ran into those guys and said, hey, what's going on, fellas? And and tilted my Coors Lights toward them. They both gave me the, the nod of recognition and also the nod of confusion as well. Because guess what? We're in a weird time right now. People are wearing masks. They're probably going, wait a minute. Did I play with this tall white boy at Tolton? Is that what I did? But no, no, I'm just a weird fan. No, actually not a weird fan. I was just being polite. That's all I was doing. But the point is by tilting a Coors Light toward those young men, they knew very well 
that I was peaceful and chill and an awesome Mizzou fan that was very much on those young men's side. So just know that Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Please celebrate responsibly this Thanksgiving with our friends at Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So the thing I heard Conzo Martin scream that really stood out to me, again, this is the plus of being with three digits of people in the cavernous Missouri arena. It just really seems like the pace that we played in this game, it really seems for real. And honestly, I, I can't even, I'm just looking at the stats here. I haven't done a deep dive into the stats. In terms of possessions, I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I really don't. But just in terms of getting into their offense more quickly, there was a clear difference here. And I think it was really emphasized when Conzo Martin yelled, go, go, before a rebound was even secured on at one point in a possession. And there was a foul that stopped the possession. But you could just tell Conzo is really emphasizing to get the ball into the half court quickly, whether it's in the fast break or off a, off a made basket by the opposition. Let's still get it out. Let's go quickly. Let's get into our stuff as fast as we can and maybe catch the defense off guard before they can get their entire five set defensively. But you know what? Now let's transition to football because we do have limited time here in this Thanksgiving shortened week. And I'll tell you, at 3-3 three and three with Missouri, a 15-point favorite, Heading into this Saturday against the Vanderbilt Commodores, looking at likely going to four and three, you got to give Eli Drinkwitz a lot of credit, ladies and gentlemen, because while some of you might be thinking, well, four and three, that's nothing to write home about. Well, it is when you have an all SEC schedule. And it is when you start off 0 and 2 by losing to Alabama and Tennessee and thinking, my God. Is there a surefire win other than Vanderbilt on the schedule at this point? People were thinking 1-9, and nine, possibly 0-10 was a possibility in this, what I would call, year zero for the Tigers. This is definitely a reset year. Most of these guys are not Eli Drinkwitz players. In fact, 99.9% of them aren't Eli Drinkwitz players when you really get down to it. It depends on how you view you know, the Jay Macklins of the world, the guys who he retained in the, in the, the previous Barry Odom recruiting class. But to me, if you're really looking at it, Eli Drinkwitz and Missouri likely to go to four and three. We can all agree on that. It's likely... Not guaranteed, but likely that the Tigers will go to four and three. Well, then they still have Arkansas on the schedule. That game's probably a toss up. Could go either way for sure. Then you got Mississippi State. Well, honestly, another possible toss up. I'd probably favor the Tigers a little bit. You're looking at this team possibly getting to six wins, just putting Georgia aside. Honestly, 
when my buddy Blake Stark, my frequent co-host here, in the preseason when he was predicting five, six wins from the Tigers, I really thought that he was repeating both of our mistakes in 2019 when we were really bullish on the Tigers who ended up going basically 500. But you know what? It appears Blake is right. And, and, and honestly, we both liked the Eli Drinkwitz higher. I just felt like it was going to be harder for him in the first year than it's turned out to be, especially in a year where COVID-19 and NCAA restrictions and all, and just the, the usual transition and the roster turnover that comes with any transition of a coaching change, just the way that he's been able to piece it together and make this a 500 or possibly better season. I don't know how you can't say he's a really, really great coach of the year candidate. I mean, obviously Nick Saban does a great job every year. We could definitely give it to him every year. But the way the coach of the year goes, it's often, well, did you beat expectations? Well, so far, I can't think of a team in the SEC that's beaten expectations more than Missouri. And I have some thoughts on the Missouri point spread against Vanderbilt this weekend, plus some takes on the wide receivers and their snap counts this past week against South Carolina as well as some more basketball news and notes. But first, these messages. So while on the basketball court, Ole Miss, Florida, and Tennessee have shut it down, well, Auburn is going to shut it down in the postseason as well. They just announced a self-imposed postseason ban for Bruce Pearl squad. And frankly, the idea that Bruce Pearl, of all human beings, could cheat, well, if that's true... I just don't know what to believe anymore. But speaking of things I don't know what to believe, well, Conzo Martin says it's still up in the air if Missouri will go to the Mohegan Sun casino slash arena to play basketball for a couple games in Connecticut. It's all Again, it's all just up in the air. We have no idea what's going on as far as teams go and COVID testing. And frankly, what Connecticut, the state, and the local, the local jurisdictions are going to do as far as COVID restrictions go. So who the heck knows? Just wait and see at this point. But when it comes to Missouri football and wide receiver usage, I thought the snap counts from the South Carolina game were really, really interesting because number one, I've been kind of calling for more Tosky Dove basically the entire season, certainly since the LSU game. That guy, when he's out there, he just produces. That's all there is to it. And well, guess who led the Tigers in snaps at wide receiver? Well, it was Kiki Chisholm with 62, but Toski Dove right behind with 57 snaps. Barrett Bannister, a fairly distant third at 35. Jalen Knox at 32. And those were really the four guys at receiver. It was Chisholm, Toski Dove, Barrett Bannister, 
and Jalen Knox. And who didn't we see? Well, we didn't see Damon Hazleton, the graduate transfer from Virginia Tech, except for one snap. And in fact, Jay Macklin, the true freshman cousin of Jeremy Macklin, actually got three snaps, three times as many snaps as Damon Hazleton. That's basically all you need to know. And only Micah Wilson, who got five snaps, entered the game at receiver. That's really telling. Something about Damon Hazleton is not working out with this team, with his staff. That's all you need to know. Now on the injury front for the Vanderbilt game, offensive lineman Xavier Delgado and Larry Borum still considered questionable for the Commodores game. And so is, on the defensive line, Kobe Whiteside, nose tackle, also considered questionable for the game. Also, Missouri freshman offensive lineman Dylan Spencer has entered the transfer portal. So another another man down as far as scholarship players go for the Tigers. He was a starter against the Gators and, well, was frankly suspended for his role in that brouhaha at halftime down in Gainesville. So, are we going to miss Dylan Spencer? I'd say we're just going to miss any warm bodies at this point. But finally, one thing I thought was interesting, I had a whole episode breaking down Missouri's offensive performance in the second half against South Carolina, judging if they really got too conservative or not. Well, Drinkwitz said that he did more or less take the air out of the ball in the second half, especially on first or second down. And he said in retrospect that he could have been more aggressive, especially on first and second down. But again, honestly, when I looked back on it again, I I took a second look at it when you're not, when I'm not as emotional as I am watching the game live, I can, I can take, I can take a little bit of distance, see see the the forest instead of the trees, if you will. And to me, I didn't mind the first and second down calls for the most part because there were times where he called a play action and there were clearly options to go deep, but it just didn't it didn't present itself. Connor didn't have it. He didn't have enough time. You know, again, we have so so many injuries on the offensive line. It's not a shock that every play doesn't develop perfectly as it's drawn up on the chalkboard. So that's the thing that people have to realize. Just because a play doesn't work perfectly as you might have imagined, just because your primary receiver didn't open up on the post 20 yards downfield, well, that doesn't mean it was a bad play call. It may have been bad execution. It may have been, you know, just an excellent play by the defense, quite honestly. So to me, sometimes it's just the most basic and easy football analysis to say that, well, the offensive coordinator sucks because our offense wasn't good. Or the defensive coordinator sucks because our defense wasn't good. Of course, that's, again, the easiest analysis anybody can ever make. I just like to think the people who listen to this show, you and the audience, are much more sophisticated than that. And speaking of sophisticated 
football minds. I thought it was interesting that Ryan Walters said it was a, quote, neat experience to watch Missouri's offense this past game when he had to sit out because of COVID reasons. I'm not sure that he tested positive or contact traced, and frankly, I don't care. I'm sure Ryan will be fine, but I thought it was an interesting perspective to hear that he usually never sees the offense actually doing its business during the game because guess what? He's got his back to the play most of the time because he's staring into his play sheet. He's staring into his tablet with, you know, screenshots of what the defense did right or wrong, whatever the offense is trying to do. And he's, he's explaining to his, his guys what they need to do when they get the ball back. And that's what he should be doing. That's not a criticism, obviously. That's totally understandable. I just thought it was interesting to hear that he was like, oh, it was kind of cool to to see what our offense is doing. And and clearly, you know, there's a there's a very obvious in my opinion, there's a very obvious mutual respect between Eli Drinkwitz and Ryan Walters. It seems like they have a good working relationship, and I think that's a big part of why Missouri has been pretty successful this season. Obviously, things haven't been perfect, but I think it's pretty obvious we've exceeded expectations at this point. So again, I just want to emphasize, happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and I couldn't be more grateful for the people who continue to enjoy this show, listen to this show consistently. Frankly, when this whole thing started, there it was called, it was called a different show, and you know, when I, when I the first episode dropped and I had you know fifteen twenty people actually listen to it, I thought, oh wow, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good audience. You know, if I ever had fifteen twenty people show up in person and listen listen to something that I was saying, that'd be that'd be pretty solid. But you know what? Gosh, we're we're a good ten twenty times bigger than that now. So I, I'm really grateful for that and just to have this opportunity. To be on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a really fun network. And thank you to David Locke and just everybody and Ross Jackson, who is, you know, the, the head of the college channel. Just thank, thank you to all of you for your hard work and to, to Kylie Young. My goodness, Kylie, you, you do really great work on this network telling us all what's going on, all the, the ins and outs, the little, just the minutia basically of posting podcasts. My goodness, Kylie Young is just always there to answer your questions. So thank you to Kylie. Thank you to Jay Soderberg who hired me to be on the Locked On Podcast Network and to, and to host the Locked On Mizzou show. I, I'm truly grateful. I truly enjoy doing this every single day. And I truly appreciate every single one of you who listens to this show. So you know what? That'll be it for this pre-Thanksgiving edition of the Locked on Mizzou podcast. And I'll be back on Friday. We'll, we'll actually get a little bit of a deeper dive into Mizzou Vanderbilt. And yes, you know what it is. Project run play. We got to break down the uniforms too. So until Friday, thank you guys so much. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm John Miller. And this has been Locked on Mizzou.